0: All right, Nate. The bracket is out, and Ohio State ends up on the right side of the bubble, barely making it in as the 11 seed against Iowa State um, in the first round in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the Midwest bracket. So, Nate, are you surprised that Ohio State got into the tournament since the last time we podcast?
1: Um, I, I think a small part of me is um, just because the, the you know the Buckeyes and the calendar year that is 20. 2019 did not perform very well, Um, but you know what? They they had some good wins in 2018. Um, They they beat a good Iowa team at home. They beat Indiana twice, who is another bubble team, and so um, I think maybe it's more so a product of the, the weak college basketball landscape, but hey, I'll take it.
0: That's what everyone seems to be saying. When you look at Ohio State and you see them play, especially without Caleb Weston, you don't really see a tournament team, especially considering they went, like, what, 8-12 in the Big Ten, which is, you know, pretty bad, although the Big Ten is a good conference. But, uh, yeah, you're right. It's just like this is a team that we've seen all year long. For the most part, they've beaten the teams that they're better than, with the exception of maybe Illinois. Uh, And and they've lost to a bunch of teams that that are a lot better than them. You know, they couldn't get past Michigan State despite – three straight or, – or three attempts at it. So I guess my reaction is, yeah, you know, I guess I guess they should be in. Uh, but I don't know how far of a run they can really make or, or what we should really be expecting of them.
1: Yeah, it, it feels kind of like, you know, a shot to the gut, Mike, because, yeah, the Buckeyes did get in, which obviously we're excited about. But – you know, they kind of get the uh, the joy of playing what appears to be a red hot Iowa State team who's coming off of a off of a, a Big Twelve championship in the tournament, and so that I I just I don't really like our chances too much, even in that first round.
0: Yeah, Iowa State's favored by five and a half points, and if you look at the rest of the bracket, there are some like fourteen. There are some four 13 matchups that have a lower point spread than our game. So I think we are considered the biggest underdog out of all of the 11 seeds, uh, just purely based on the point spread. Uh, if, if you want to look around there, I guess they don't really know who Buffalo is going to play on the other end of the bracket, but, uh, but yeah, you're right. Iowa State's red hot. The big 12 isn't what it used to be. That's for sure. So I don't know how great Iowa State is, but yeah, I don't know. I, do you know much about this Ohio State, Iowa State team other than that they just won the big big twelve and there's typical Iowa State fashion jack up a lot of threes.
1: Yeah, I know that they score the ball pretty well. Um their their best player is actually a Virginia transfer. His name is Marielle Shayok. Um he's a he's a grad transfer over there now for, for the Cyclones. I believe he's getting over eight yeah, eighteen point six points per game. They bring a guy, sophomore Lindell Williamson, off the bench. He's getting fourteen. And then they've got, you know, two other twelve plus point per game guys. Um so the they certainly have a team that is that is deep and can score the basketball pretty well. Where they're a little less efficient is on the defensive end. Um but still I don't I, I just don't know if the Buckeye's have enough firepower to, to keep up.
0: Yeah, this matchup scares me a little bit because I feel like Iowa State is a better version of South Dakota State, who's the team that Ohio State played in the first round last year. You know, that was uh, an upset that a lot of people picked. South Dakota State was one of the best mid-majors. They jacked up a lot of threes, and they played with tempo. And if Iowa State is a better version of South Dakota State, well, I think this year's Ohio State team is a worse version of last year's Ohio State team. So when you factor in that we struggled against a lesser opponent last year with a better team with a similar formula. I think this is this is really tough. And it, like if we're going to slow down their offense. I think we have to just slow it down, slow down the tempo, and basically Virginia them to death and play a low scoring game. Hopefully, it goes to the fifties.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and Mike, I think the thing that we can hope for, you know, that that might happen. This team has been up and down this year. Iowa State, you know, some of their losses not very good. They they lost to uh, an Arizona team that was five hundred. At home they lost they they lost on the road against Iowa by fourteen. Um they lost at Baylor. But at the same time they've beaten number eight Texas Tech, number nine Kansas, they beat number twenty Mississippi. Um so they have some gritty Tough wins as well. Um, and so, it's, it, yeah, it's just going to kind of be interesting to see which version of Iowa State shows up. Before the, the Big 12 tournament started, Mike, they're on a three game losing streak. They've lost five of their last six, and then they won three in a row and are, are Big 12 champions.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. I actually watched a little bit of the Big 12 championship game, and one thing that I didn't really realize. Iowa State travels. Like their fans are very, very loyal to this basketball program. They were playing Kansas in the Big Twelve Championship in Kansas City and I would say the crowd was like fifty fifty. Like they really held their own against Kansas who's a total like blue blood, you know, college basketball program. So considering this game's also being played in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Ohio State basketball fans certainly don't travel as well as Ohio State football fans. Uh, so that also kind of worries me. I think we're basically playing a road game, and we have not fared that well on the road at all this year either. Uh, does yeah, that worry with, you as much as it does me?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Iowa State's going to travel well. That's certainly not a super far commute down there to Oklahoma. And and I think a lot of Ohio State fans are, are right where we are, Mike. They just they don't have a ton of faith in this basketball team. Hey, it's a, a 950. Start. That's the time that it's given. So you know, we, you and I were texting the other day. It's probably a ten forty-five start. Um, and so there's just a lot of uh, thing, a lot of things that make this game kind of
0: undesirable. Yeah, I hate those nine fifty games because you know the game before that game is going to go really long. What is it? Houston and and Georgia State. So Houston Georgia State, which is supposed to start at seven twenty, that's probably not going to be over until nine fifty then it's at least a half hour, then Iowa, I mean, by the time Iowa State and Ohio State gets wrapped up, it's going to be 1 o'clock in the morning, Uh which yep. which honestly really sucks for us as fans, because in all likelihood, we're going to end up seeing, like, a really deflating, like, 72 to 61 loss, and it's just going to be, it's going to really suck when you look at the clock, and, well, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, and my bracket's busted, and Ohio State's out of the tournament.
1: I'm with you, man, I'm with you, it's- it really feels like Mike, one of those games where if we are if we're down by ten fifteen points and we're starting the second half, you know I might just go to bed and hope.
0: Yeah, and then you'll see a you'll see a string of text messages from me being like I think we're back in it. We hit some threes. Oh, never mind, we lost. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sometimes with these teams that win their conference tournament like Iowa State, there's a little bit of uh, like we did it already and we're just happy to be here. Like, you can go one of two ways. They either, like, bounced out in the first round because they celebrated too hard their conference championship, like, oh, we beat Kansas, and then they totally overlooked Ohio State, or the whole, like, Kemba Walker thing can happen where you win the Big East tournament after five straight wins, and you end up just riding that momentum uh to a championship game. And, and Nate, one thing I want to get your opinion on this is I think Ohio State could totally have a we're-just-happy-to-be-here mentality because this is a bubble team, and before the year started, they were expected to finish, what, 10th in the Big Ten? So do you think Ohio State's going to bring the motivation uh, that we, we have, you know, I'd say seen for the most part during the year?
1: Yeah, I, I'm definitely worried about that, Mike. Um, I, I just haven't seen this team rise to the occasion really at any point this year, it seems like, and it's a, it's a team that's got a bunch of, Seniors who don't have a lot of experience, you know, you think about Keyshawn Woods, he's probably just he's probably just happy to be in the tournament. And then he's got a bunch of freshmen who are going to be the same way. Just excited to be there. So I think that definitely definitely is going to play a role. Um, Mike, something I wanted to get your opinion on, on the, the other side of things, this bracket is tough. Um, you know, say Ohio State were to beat Iowa State, some of the other teams in their bracket – North Carolina, Utah State, Auburn, who just won the SEC, Kansas, um, Iowa State, obviously, Houston, Wofford and Seton Hall, a great 7-10 matchup, and Kentucky. What what percent chance would you put them at getting to the final four? Ohio State.
0: Less than one. So low. I think the absolute ceiling that this team can do. I mean, yeah, sure, you can talk me into they beat Iowa State. That's not – totally crazy and honestly if they beat Iowa State I would actually pick them to beat Houston because I think Houston's not very well tested all year long they were pretty weak strength of schedule and they haven't really played any big boys uh so sure maybe you could talk into them going to the Sweet 16 but they match up so unfavorably with Kentucky and North Carolina or you know Kentucky and Kansas or even Wofford I wouldn't even pick them against Wofford because those teams are much more up-tempo and Ohio State Uh, Just can't play with them. I think if Ohio State has any shot of making a deep run, they're going to have to do what Syracuse did. Remember when Syracuse was a 10 seed and they made the Final Four and every single game they won was like 49-48? I think it's going to have to be similar to that. They're just going to have to slow the game down and work it through the post with Caleb Wesson and and play 1940s basketball. Oh,
1: man, and isn't that just fun to watch? Who doesn't want to see 1940s basketball?
0: That's the epitome of the of Midwest basketball for the Midwest bracket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. Uh,
0: but Nate, let's talk about the bracket at large. Is there anything else you want to touch on with this Ohio State Iowa State matchup uh, before we talk about the bracket at large?
1: You know what, Mike? Uh, I I think sadly I've already set my sights on on the twenty nineteen twenty twenty season. Uh, we've got a, a core of solid freshmen coming in next year. We've got a good group of freshmen already. Caleb Weston, Andre Weston are going to be back. You know, it, it might sound bad, but I think I've I've already moved on. And and I want to say this now. I think that with the talent that's going to be on this team, if the Buckeyes aren't a five seed or better next year, to me, will be considered a failure.
0: Oh, I totally agree with that. Because the only thing they're losing is Keyshawn Woods and C.J. Jackson. Uh, all their freshmen, Jadon Nadee, Luther Muhammad, Dwayne Washington, and Justin Aarons are all you know going to be sophomores and hopefully going to be contributing more. They're getting immediate eligibility out of C.J. Walker, correct? He's going to be eligible for the transfer. they got a few more freshmen coming in. And Caleb Wesson, Nandre Wesson will be a year older and hopefully more experienced. So I, I totally agree with that. I think that this team could be a you know top fifteen team going into next year. So they've totally overperformed uh thus far. And you know what? We're we're just happy they're here, you know, and, and they're giving us something to watch. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right, Mike. What it lastly, what do you what do you say to the people who who are already saying, you know, Chris Holtman, get him out of here?
0: That's they Is anyone actually saying that? I don't. I don't have Twitter, so there, there, more.
1: there have been murmurs that you know we we've backslid. It's time to move on.
0: Backslid. I mean, you're sure this team was 15th in the country uh, when they were 12 one in the non-conference. But first of all, the Big Ten's really good, and also this is the second straight year where Chris Holtman has. Severely overperformed what everyone expected of them. Nobody thought Ohio State would make the tournament this year, and last year. I mean, who expected them to be a five seed?
1: I'm with you. I'm with you. I think it's, it's absolutely preposterous uh, to think that this team it is even in the even in the the tournament is insane. Honestly, It yeah, I'm with you totally, Chris Holtman. I'll take 20 more years.
0: Yeah, we both, we're both we both huge Holtman fans, so maybe we're a little biased, but you know what, it is what it is. Uh, Nate, what should we talk bracket by bracket? Let's say first we'll give the sleeper to watch out for in this bracket and then pick who we are actually choosing to come out of the bracket. How does that sound?
1: I love it. I think that sounds outstanding.
0: Okay, so let's start with the East, and if you're on ESPN, it's like the top left bracket, if you can kind of picture it in your head. This is the Duke-Michigan State-LSU-Virginia Tech bracket. Uh, Nick, who jumps out at you as far as the, uh, team to watch out for in this bracket? Sleeper, that is.
1: The sleeper team I'm going with is the team that just last night.
0: Damn, I was going to pick them. (laughs) Punched
1: their tickets to the dance, the Belmont Bruins. Uh, what an incredible season this team has had. They're, they're 27 and 5 as it stands right now. They're led by a young man named Dylan Windler. Sounds like he's a pro prospect, getting 21 a game. Um, on top of that, they've got Kevin McClain getting 17 a game and Nick uh, Musinski getting 15 a game. Um, this The Windler guy only scored three points last night, and they still beat Temple by 11. So I think Belmont, as an 11 seed, could do a lot of damage.
0: Yeah, I said, Dylan Wendler is crazy. This is, and hopefully, we're not going to have the same picks on each bracket, but this is 100% my sleeper. I think Belmont's going to get to the Sweet 16. But Wendler, he's an NBA prospect. He's a 6'8 guard. How often do you see that in college basketball? But he's a 20-10 and 10 guy, 20.8 points per game, 10.8 rebounds per game, and he's also super efficient. He's over 40% from three. He's over 50% from the floor, and he's over 84% from the free throw line. So this guy really does everything. Uh, Belmont had a really good year. They lost in their conference championship game to the Ohio Valley to John Moran. So no, uh, you know, nothing nothing to scoff at there. Really like Belmont. And also LSU going through a lot of turmoil, so it would probably be their second-round matchup. And I think, you know, when you see those 11 seeds that win in the playing game, they tend to make a run. That's what happened with VCU the first year they had those 11-seed playing games because they get some momentum, they get their feet under them, and they, they start making some plays.
1: I love it. And, Mike, how about this? Rick Byrd, their their head coach, eight hundred plus wins at Belmont. That's impressive.
0: I didn't know that. I knew he's been there forever, but that's crazy. That's more wins. That's two hundred more wins than Tom Izzo has exactly. at Michigan State.
1: Exactly. It's it's kind of shocking.
0: Uh, so Nate, who do you have coming out of this bracket? This is Duke is probably the uh, favorite. I would say overwhelmingly. Uh, do you have the Blue Devils penciled in the Final Four?
1: Yeah, so I uh I'm actually gonna be crazy because you know what, why not? I think that Michigan State comes out of this bracket. Um, it doesn't make sense. This team is decimated by injuries. There's there's so many reasons to say not Michigan State and I think that's the exact reason they're a team to be feared. Um they remind me a ton of that two thousand national championship team with Mateen Cleves. Um, at the point, this time it's Cassius Winston. I love this team. I love what Cassius Winston's doing. I love the way that the guys have rode to the occasion. They beat Michigan three times. You know how hard it is to be a great team three times? Um, so I'm going, going Spartans to the
0: final four. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to pick Duke. I'm going to pick the chalk pick. Uh, and, look, it, it's, it's, there is a history, but Tom Izzo upsetting Duke with Duke being a one seed. I think that was J.J. Reddick's junior year, if I remember correctly. I think Michigan State was a four seed and, or a five seed, and they pulled the upset in the Sweet 16. Uh, I think it's definitely going to be Duke, Michigan State, and the Elite Eight. But ultimately, I think Duke's talent uh, is going to overwhelm Michigan State. You know, Michigan State kind of chewed up the Big Ten because truth be told in the Big Ten, nobody has the talent or the NBA bodies. That Duke has, but I think if you put Michigan State in the ACC, they would have finished like third or fourth behind Virginia, Duke and uh, maybe North Carolina, so give me give me the Blue Devils in the final four punching one of the tickets
1: Zion
0: let's, let's jump to the top right part of the bracket, this is Virginia's bracket, this is the South uh, Virginia, Tennessee Purdue, and Kansas State, this is also the Wisconsin bracket Nate, give me your sleeper in this bracket Mike, this
1: I I I want you to count this game as already over. The UC Irvine Anteaters, the thirteenth seed in the bracket, are gonna take down Kansas State in that first round, and then they're they're gonna beat Oregon in the second round. So UC Irvine will be dancing in the next weekend. Um this team is thirty and five. Think about how good you have to be over the course of an entire season to be 30-5, to win 30 basketball games. Um, this team, it, it's the definition of teamwork. No one's scoring more than, than 13 points a game. They've got about 10 deep, scoring 6-plus. Um, so I really like this basketball team. I think that they're winners and they're senior-laden. Give me the anteaters.
0: That's a good pick. They're pretty popular. They seem to be a really popular choice um, for the upset. Uh I am gonna I'm gonna agree with you partially. I think Oregon's gonna beat Wisconsin and I also think Irvine's gonna beat Kansas State. But I have Oregon winning that matchup against UC Irvine. Oregon uh played their way into the tournament by winning the Pac twelve uh tournament that is, and I think they're hot and this is gonna be one of those situations where I think they ride it. Also the game is in San Jose, California. I know that's also close to UC Irvine's campus, but I feel like the Oregon fans are gonna travel a little bit more. They do have some basketball pedigree. Don't forget they were a one seed uh, a few years ago. So, give me Oregon to the Sweet 16, but we both have those 12-13 upsets in that part of the bracket. I guess they're not feeling uh, whiskey in Kansas State too much.
1: Not at all. Not at all. Uh, Kansas State, no Dean Wade, no chance. Mike, I, I have to admit, I think Oregon's going to win, but I don't want them to. I want the, the, the fact that Wells to be changed.
0: Or, yeah. conversely, are you rooting for the Big Ten?
1: I guess you could say that to some degree. I just, Pac-12 football and Pac-12 basketball has been so bad in, in the last couple of years that I want them to be exposed.
0: You want them to be like downgraded to the whack? Or, or like the max?
1: Exactly. It, that's exactly <laughs> what I want.
0: Hey, uh, every dog has, has their day. Uh, that's, I, I like that. That's a good call. I'm probably rooting for, uh, Purdue to come out of the bracket, but I don't think it's gonna happen. may I'm gonna, uh, punch Virginia. I'm going chalk again here. I think Virginia, I think they're, they're gonna be a team on a mission after losing to UMBC last year. Don't expect them to get tied up with Gardner Webb. Don't expect them to lose to Mississippi or Oklahoma. I think they'll have an easy matchup in the Sweet 16. And as far as I'm concerned, Tennessee and Purdue will not be able to to handle Virginia's defense. I don't think they have the guards to do it. So, and also this is Virginia's, since Virginia started under Tony Bennett, this is Virginia's best offensive team. So people say Virginia, where's the scoring? With Kyle Guy shooting some threes, this is their highest offensive efficiency according to Ken Palm in the last 15 years for the Cavaliers.
1: Mike, I'm with you. I'm picking the, the Cavaliers here. If nothing else, because they lost, they're the first team to lose to a 16 seed. I think this team is going to be driven and motivated. The core of this basketball team from a year ago is back. They're going to be a team on a mission. I fully expect them to be in the Final Four.
0: All right, so we agree there. Now let's jump to the West bracket. This is this is Gonzaga. Uh, this is Gonzaga. This is Michigan. This is Texas Tech and Florida State, that bracket. Nate, who's your sleeper out of this bracket? Are you going to ride the Ja Morant bandwagon for a potential Sweet 16 bid?
1: I'm not going Ja. I'm not going Ja Morant. My team to watch out for, and I'm going to say it now, to play in the Elite Eight is Nevada. I know that Ooh. this Nevada team that has stumbled this year a, a couple of different times. I believe they've, they lost to San Diego State twice. They lost to the Utah State. They lost a bad game to New Mexico. But what I will say is that this Nevada team hasn't cared all year about, about the the regular season. They've cared about getting back to the tournament. Remember, they made a, a deep, I believe, Elite 8 run a year ago. A lot of those same guys are back. They're, they're, they're led by the Martin twins, Caleb and Cody Martin. Caleb's averaging 20 a game, Cody 12. They also have Jordan Caroline getting 17-10 and 10 a night. I think that senior-laden team this is a group of, like, 23-year-olds. I think that, that they are the, the team to watch in this bracket.
0: Okay. Um, I like that. That's a good pick. Uh, I, the only thing that I'm scared of with Nevada is they've had a pretty weak strength of schedule all year long. Uh, they have to play – They oh, they oh, they do have an advantage in terms of location because they are in the Western bracket. So if they can find a way to get to the Sweet 16 by upsetting Michigan, uh, they would have an advantage against either Texas Tech or Buffalo or St. John's, whoever's coming out. Um, I was tempted to go with St. John's here, but I don't even know if they're going to win the playing game, so it's really tough for me to pick them. But give me Syracuse to the final four.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's so the Syracuse in, that's so Orange. in character with him.
0: I know, right? And this is part of the reason. I think people are down on them because how they performed in the ACC tournament. But I think Syracuse did a little bit of, uh, you know, Jim Beheim kind of rested his starters. What's the guy's name? Tyus Battle. He's like the the top guy. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, so I think they kind of like rested him. They lost to Duke, and and he's like, you know what? Screw the ACC tournament. I know we're going to end up making the tournament. Uh they've made a few runs. You know, they were in the Final Four in 2015. Last year they made the Sweet 16, and they were at both times double-digit seeds. So Syracuse, they can, you know, run that little 2-3 zone. They, they play well in close ball games. And honestly, if I'm going to pick the weakest one seed, I think it's Gonzaga. So if there's going to be a one seed that loses in the second round, I think it's going to be the Zags. And if I look at the rest of the bracket, who else is there for Syracuse to face? Florida State, Marquette? I think they can take those guys down. And then in the, in the in the sorry in the elite eight, I think their only team would be Michigan. But I kind of agree with you. I think Michigan is going to get knocked off along the way. So Syracuse is his sleeper, and for me, Syracuse is also in the final four.
1: Man, I love that. It feels like Syracuse has the same season every year, Mike. Where they're yeah. like, you know, that they're like on the bubble, finish the year like twenty-one and twelve, barely make the tournament, then make the final four.
0: Yeah, the last three times they've gone to the tournament. They haven't been knocked out. Remember, Jim Beheim was, like, in 2004, 2005, when Vermont hit that last second shot, Jim Beheim somehow developed a reputation of, oh, well, you know what, he, he like, can't win the first game. He always gets upset. Well, since then, Jim Beheim has never lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament, despite what seed he is, and he's only been, he's, out of seven appearances, he's only, he's made the Sweet 16 six times. So, well
1: wow. he's destined for a deep run. I love it. Mike, do you my got, pick. Nate? My pick out of the West bracket. Florida State. I think Woo! the basketball team is playing really good, really well together. They they beat Virginia fairly handily in the the A C C uh semi I like this team. Not only for that reason, but I think they have a pretty soft bracket. Marquette's not playing well. Although if there is a guy who's going to go all Kimba on us, it's it's, uh, Marcus Howard. Uh, Syracuse is okay. I don't know about Gonzaga anymore. Um, And so I think it's a fairly easy road for Florida State. So I'm going to pick the Seminoles. um, And I guess that already puts me at two ACC teams in the final Four.
0: Florida State, one thing about them, a lot of people are picking Vermont as an upset, but Vermont's average starter is like six foot three, and I think Florida State, every single one of their players is above 6'11". I mean, I'm they're giant. They're enormous. They are just trees out there, and they, so actually, they match up. If I want Syracuse to make a run here, Syracuse, Florida State definitely favors Florida State, because Syracuse doesn't rebound well out of that zone, so Florida State would really just offensive rebound them to death, so uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Uh, that's a good pick. I guess we both went a little away from the chalk there. Nate, let's transition to the Midwest region. This is the UNC, Kentucky, Houston, Kansas, and, of course, Ohio State's bracket. Uh, you think the Buckeyes are going to make a run? What do you think?
1: Mike, this bracket, as I said, is loaded. Uh, there's a number of different teams that I looked at that could make a potential run. Sleeper team, you know, a New Mexico State, Utah State, um, but the team I'm gonna gonna highlight, and it breaks my heart a little bit because I love Wofford, but I I think Seton Hall is a team to to watch. I think they could give Kentucky issues in that second round. Um, Seton Hall finished 20 and 13 this season, some ups and downs, but they're playing really good basketball right now. What's the Big East championship. They're led by Miles Powell. This is my guy, Mike. Miles Powell, 23 points a game this year. He's got Kemba written all over him, dominates the ball, has the ball in his hands at all times.
0: Watch out for Seton Hall. Wow. Okay. Uh, I am similarly going to say that Wofford is actually my sleeper. So we both think Kentucky's going to go down in the second round. You think it might be to Seton Hall. Well, I think it might be to Wofford. And I will ride this Wofford bandwagon all the way to the Final Four. You guys thought I was going to talk with Duke and Virginia on the top, but then out of nowhere, I pulled out an eight seed Syracuse and seven seed Wofford. I wow. think Wofford's going to make the Final Four. I think they are real. They are the, according to Ken Palm, they have the 10th most efficient offense in the entire country. This is, yes, they are a mid-major. Yes, they are in the Southern Conference, but they are legit. They are defend the three-point ball well and they shoot the three-point ball well and I think that is a recipe for an upset and I could totally see Kentucky you know John Calipari throwing his jacket on the sidelines getting pissed off because his undisciplined team is getting beat up by a bunch of seniors out there that are just stroking so give me Walker to make a run all the way to the final four so they are my Cinderella and at the same time also my final four pick.
1: Hey man I am rooting for that. Fletcher McGee their best player I'm rooting for that. Uh and hey, you know, a lot of teams like the Bachelors team saying they're in the Southern Conference. They don't play anyone. UNC Greensboro twenty nine and six, Furman twenty five and seven, East Tennessee State twenty
0: four and nine. Yeah, are they're a good top. conference. You're actually really good.
1: Yeah, it, it I mean, that's yeah, that, that's very, very impressive. Uh so I love that Wofford pick. Um and I'm certainly gonna be cheering for them. Mike, my, my final four pick Unfortunately, I'm not going to be as crazy as you. I'm going to go with the Tar Heels. I think they're playing the best basketball of anyone in the country right now. Uh, I know they lost to Duke there in the ACC semifinals. It kind of felt destined to happen. But, hey, they only lost by a couple of points, and that was with Duke at full strength. I think UNC has figured them out. I love Kobe, Kobe White at the point. I love Luke May, Cam Johnson. I think Nasir Little has a has a big time Uh, tournament, and they make the Final Four.
0: I do think they're going to make the Elite Eight, but I I think they'll fall short of Wofford. Wofford actually beat North Carolina in the Dean Dome last year. Uh, Granted, I think North Carolina. was a different team. But I don't know. I don't always trust Roy Williams. I know he has a few national titles under his belt, but uh, UNC does tend to kind of choke in some of these games against lower-profile teams. So uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting. So just to recap, Nate, you have Michigan State coming out of the East. You have Florida State coming out of the West. You have North Carolina coming out of the Midwest. And you have Virginia coming out of the South. So you're, uh, I have that right. You have have three ACC teams.
1: Hey, man, I don't like it, but there is a Big Ten team in there still.
0: And I have UVA coming out of the South, Duke coming out of the East, Syracuse coming out of the West, and Wofford coming out of the Midwest. So I I have three ACC teams and a Southern Conference team. Uh So I don't even have a team. Go, go SoCon. So yeah. Who do you think is going to take on the the trophy? Are you are you going to pick the uh, go chalk and say Virginia or North Carolina or can Florida State or uh, Michigan State pull it out?
1: I hate to do it, Mike. I hate to go chalk, um, but I am going to go with Virginia. Um, like I said, I think this team that there's just a drive there because of what happened a season ago. Um, And so I think for that reason, Virginia wins the title. It's an outstanding redemption story for them, for the Virginia Cavaliers. A lot of good guys on that team. I hope it happens. Mike, I have them beating Michigan State. What do you think?
0: So I already gave everyone bold picks about putting Syracuse and Watford in the Final Four. But usually those Cinderella stories do come short once in the Final Four, and that's what I think is going to happen. I'm going to say that Virginia beats Wofford. I'm going to say that Duke beats Syracuse, and then we have an ACC championship game between Duke and Virginia, and give me the Blue Devils. I think that Zion Williamson is going to bring it home. He's on a mission. Uh, the, you know, and then followed up by a $400 million contract for Nike as he's holding off holding the uh, trophy up.
1: Man, Mike, uh, I know this isn't ideal, but how cool would it be if we got to see UNC and Duke in that national title? That's never happened before. I think they've only played once ever in the NCAA tournament. Um, just with with the caliber of talent on those teams, even though I don't like Duke, that would just be so fun.
0: Do you think that would be – because a lot of people – when that happens in football, a lot of people get upset. Like when there's an SEC matchup in either the championship or in the playoffs – A lot of people, like, the ratings go down. A lot of people get upset because it's SEC, SEC. Uh, Do you think having an ACC championship game like that is a little bit different with basketball just because every team actually gets a shot?
1: Yeah, I I think I do. I think it's just a little bit different um, just because, you know, kind of like you said, this is such a national rivalry. I think college football is more mainstream than college basketball. People kind of pick up college basketball in late February and then through March, and so Duke, Carolina are names they know, um, and so I think that that people would actually enjoy it more than you know seeing an Alabama, Auburn, or a Michigan, Ohio State national title in football.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, and also it's different because when you only have four teams in the college football playoff and you give two of the spots to the same conference, it's kind of like, well, why is everyone else even playing? Versus at the NCAA tournament, you have sixty-eight teams. And it just happens that two ACC teams end up in the end. I mean, you know, you can kind of understand it. At least everyone got a fair shake, you know, for the most part. So uh, I would agree with you there. Um Yeah, but Nate, let's just, uh let's wrap this up. What are, like, I would say, like, one game, obviously, other than Ohio State, and honestly, you might not even put Ohio State in this category because we already talked about how boring of a style that they play. But what's the one game that you're really excited to see in the first round? Um, hmm. to uh, either tomorrow or the day after that on thir- on Friday.
1: Yeah, Mike, it, it comes back to that matchup that you and I have already talked about. Um, Wofford Seton Hall. That is the game that I am, you know, far and away most excited for. I'm not sure what day that that game, uh, takes uh, place. Oh,
0: Thursday night, nine forty. Oh, yeah, September Tomorrow is
1: 11 o'clock. So I'll be all locked into that. That'll probably be about a 10:30 start. start, um, but I'll be locked into that. I can't wait to see an up-and-coming team like Watford play, you know, a pretty good power conference team in Seton Hall.
0: So I'm actually excited to see Louisville, Minnesota. We haven't really talked about this matchup. Whoa. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of the Pacino rivalry, right? Like Richard coming back to play uh Rick's old team. I also am excited because I think Chris Mack's a really good coach, and I'm excited to see if Louisville can make a run of the tournament. But also, it's officially the start of March Madness. It is the twelve fifteen uh-huh. Thursday afternoon game. And that game, usually when that game starts, it's like a three fourteen 14 matchup, and it's like, oh, this kind of sucks, like the three seeds up 20 points at halftime. But this game should be competitive. We've got a Big Ten team there, so maybe Minnesota can win one for the Big Ten and, and, and get that train going. So I don't know. You know, it's very exciting because it kind of kicks off the whole March Madness season. Uh, so that, that's my pick.
1: I'm with you. I'm with you there, Mike. Um, Mike, we do have a couple of questions, just two here. Um, from the listeners and so the first one comes in from Sean he says give us your top two Kemba slash Shabazz Napier candidates for this season I think he's getting at what what two guys could could carry their team all the way through the tournament uh into the final four maybe national championship.
0: Uh, You mentioned Mark Sauer with Marquette, but he's actually been a little banged up, so I'm not going to say him. I think in a perfect world, John Morant, like how fun would it be to see like a top three pick uh, take a 12 seed all the way to the Elite Eight, a la like what Steph Curry did uh, with Davidson. Because Steph Curry was not even on any NBA scout's mind, and then he took Davidson as a 10 seed all the way to the Elite Eight, and you know that that was obviously a lot of fun. So, look, I'm not going to say that Murray State's going to make a run, but I think it would be really fun to see John Morant do that. So I'll take him as one of the two. And then as far as the other one goes, uh, what about Cassius Winston from Michigan State? Because Nick Ward being hurt, uh, he's been limited a little bit, and Cassius Winston got notably benched against Ohio State uh, in, in their Big Ten tournament game. So maybe he'll bounce back. Izzo yelled at him quite a bit. and He is the Big Ten player of the year. Michigan State does have an easy draw. So maybe Cassius Winston will ball his way all the way to to the Final Four as a low-key Kemba candidate? Low-key.
1: All right, Mike. My my first guy I already mentioned, Miles Powell out of Seton Hall. He's going to have the basketball in his hand, you know, 60% of the time. He is the guy that can get – in one of the Big East uh, tournament games, he had 28 at half. So he rises to the occasion. He's a, he's a big-time pcp peer as – as Dickie V would say. My other one, he's on a better team, um, but I, Carson Edwards at Purdue, if, if that kid is hitting shots, he's going to be taking shots, Um and, and he's definitely ball dominant. His team actually reminds me most of those UConn teams just because it's a bunch of, like, okay shooters and a couple of bigs around him, Um but somehow they're a three seed. So I'm going to say Carson Edwards.
0: That's a good yeah. call. I mean, Purdue was a three seed just like UConn, so.
1: Hey, there we go. Uh, and the second question, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, comes from Ben. And Ben says, I know that you guys are avid at Survivor and Amazing Race fans. Would you rather win the Amazing Race or be the first on the jury in Survivor?
0: I'd rather win The Amazing Race just because it's a million dollars and you guys can travel around the world. Although I do think, like, being on Survivor would be really cool. But if you win The Amazing Race, you know, maybe you have a chance to get on Survivor in the future. I don't know. you got to take the money, mm. even though I love Survivor more as a show. What do you think, Nate?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier, Mike, and I wanted to say Amazing Race, like you, for the money, but for, for the sake of good podcasting, I think I'm going to pick Survivor, and the reason I say that is because, you know, the merge happens, what, maybe day 15, day 12, day 15. You're voted Good. out a couple of days after that. You've got three weeks, 21 days to just be at Ponderosa, you know, staying in a luxury villa doing whatever you want. Uh And that just sounds way more relaxing than running through airports and sleeping two hours a night. So I think I'm going to say Survivor.
0: All right. That's that's a good answer. I like that. And uh, remember, you guys can tweet us any questions. At Nuts for please rate and review us on iTunes. That does it for us. Nate and I will be back next week to talk about Ohio State's crazy run to the Sweet 16. Uh, buzzer beaters by Luther Muhammad against Iowa State and Houston. Just absolute <laughs> madness.